Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another week of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. Uh, my name is Joe Marchalina, and joining me, as always, is Dairy Field AD and Boys Lacrosse Coach Chris Hetler. Uh, hey, so that's what you look like. Uh, I was going to say, Joe, it's been a while. <laughs> I almost forgot. Uh, yeah, we are recording the show this week face to face in public at the Backyard Brewery in Manchester. So watch out, everyone. We've been uh, released back into the wild. It's good to be back, Joe. It's great to be back uh, in person. I think we were talking before here, and uh, I don't know about you, but it felt good to uh, – I felt normal. It felt normal yesterday at the game yesterday. Even though we played last spring, it was the first time I felt like I was truly focusing on my team, and it was good to be back out on the field again. There weren't the distractions of the masks and other things going on with COVID. Um, it felt, again, felt normal. felt good to be back out there. Uh I agree. It did, it did feel normal. I will say, though, that uh, covering sports in the fall felt pretty back to normal, too. Uh, it was really just this past winter that was, uh, that was a little rough, uh, especially with that condensed basketball schedule made it a little difficult. Um, but, uh, you know, the other thing I wanted to bring up, too, uh, and maybe I should have mentioned this last week, uh, but I figure with, with our, our return here in, in public uh, for the first time in almost three years, uh, we're around the anniversary date too of when we started doing the, the lacrosse show. So this is uh, this is a, a fifth anniversary, uh, which I don't know. It feels. What do you give for a fifth anniversary, Joe? Do I get like a? Do we give like stationery? You know, do I get like flowers? Um, like I, let me let me Google that real quick. Uh, I think I got to know uh, that because I got my, I got an anniversary coming up soon too. <laughs> I got to know these things. You're more than five though, right? <laughs> we are more than five. Uh, fifth, yeah. fifth anniversary is wood. Is wood. All right, we Symbolizes can do that. long-lasting strength, wisdom, and forgiveness. How about that? All right. All right. So, all right, I'll work on that. i got to figure okay. out what's, what's changed right. gifts at the next podcast. All right. Well, don't forget that you can send us uh, questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at nhhsports. Uh, and you'll be able to listen to the show Thursday mornings at nh-highschoolsports.com throughout the season. And I uh, would also like to mention, too, that the Ninth State, ninth, let's try that again. The Ninth State Sports Show is proudly sponsored by Prolax Customs. Located in Bedford, Prolax Customs wants to make your stick as unique as the way you play the game. It's the place to go in southern New Hampshire for custom-dyed lacrosse heads or guys if you're in need of stick strings as, as we head into the start of the spring season. To learn more, visit them online at ProlaxCustoms.com, and you can find them on Facebook and Instagram or email ProlaxLacrosse at gmail.com. Joe, I'm going to keep saying it each week. You know, we've been hyping these guys up, and it's uh, it's it's not hyperbole. I had uh, we had a stick break yesterday in the game on the, in our game against Winnicunit. It's changed it out. Had one of uh, had one of Joe's custom dyed sticks and custom strung sticks. Went in the game through absolute dimes. Uh, in fact, it scored a goal in yesterday's game too. So can't, uh, can't, can't say get much better than that. Can't get much better than that. And so uh, can't thank them enough. And uh, so if you're a listener out there. Let's give them some business, all right? Help our help our friends out at Prolax Customs. And, of course, if you'd like to uh, join Prolax Customs as a sponsor of the show or anything else that we do at uh, nhshighschoolsports.com, you still can by sending me an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. I'll get back uh, some more information to you. And uh, one other thing, too, um, as we start games this year, um, it's still possible for you to sign up for the, uh, the lacrosse memberships. Um, once again, you sign up for a uh, membership plus. You get a preview, copy of the preview, the membership, and uh, a yearbook at the end of the season. So I think that's uh, if I, I I might be a little biased, but I think that's a pretty good pretty good deal. 
it's a great deal. So let's get let's get on that as well. All right. Well, here we are, week uh, or podcast number six of the season, and uh, we've got some real live games to talk about. Yeah, we've had a lot of we had a lot of games. I mean, you know, I think starting Division One, we had we had sure. some really had some really good games going on. Um, you know, I think the the game that a lot of people were talking about coming into this season uh, was the BG Londonderry game. Um, Coach Sampson's group coming in, uh, working really hard, put a lot of time and effort into it. Um, and it's a BG team that we knew was going to be really, really good uh, in all phases of the game. Had a, um, had some question marks on the defensive ends, right? Some in, in, little inexperience there, but um, you know we're going to be really strong in the cage. We knew they were going to face off well, and boy, did they come out and they didn't disappoint. Uh, Fifteen to one at the half, nineteen five final. Uh, it, it sounded like you know they were completely in control throughout most of that game. Had a lot of guys hit the box score. Uh, if that's any indication of what Division One is in for this season, it, it could be a long season for a lot of teams when they're going up against Bishop Girton. And National yeah. North might be might be feeling <laughs> that right now. Last uh, I checked, I think it was twenty-one to nothing. Twenty-one nothing. Uh, I don't think. Well, not sure if we have an update. Of course, as you're all listening to this, you've got finals, but. Uh, yeah, I, a tough tough start for Londonderry. I mean, they, they had to do the same thing last year, if you remember, you know, with the with the double ups on uh, on scheduling, they uh, they had to play Bishop Burton twice in the first week, uh, and then I think they might have even had a game against Exeter in there that opening week. Um, so really, yeah, tough way to start the season. Um, but you know, I mean, the, we've seen Londonderry do it for years and years now. Uh, Coach Sampson will have them bouncing back, uh, I would assume. Um, they will. They're gonna play. They're gonna play tough, physical. They, they've got a. They've got a lot of guys there on the on the team that'll that'll carry them through. Uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't uh, Dane Duart's best best day in net. Um, but you know, I expect him. I expect him to bounce back. Um, you know that they they will be fine. Uh, the scary part. The scary part for me is that Bishop Girton is. Uh, you know they've got some guys a little bit banged up right now. That's still <laughs> they're still not playing at a hundred percent, and and they were able to get out to that kind of a lead. Um, it, it's scary. So it's it's making me really look forward for that that upcoming game. I think it's uh, April nineteenth against Severian. Next Tuesday. Yep. Next Tuesday. Yeah, next. Um, next Tuesday. I'll, you know what? I'll throw that out there now because that's going to be a fun. I'll day. be there. I will be there too. Um, it's going to be a fun doubleheader. You've got um, Nashua South and Londonderry playing at four o'clock at Stellos, and then you've got uh, Zavarian and BG at six o'clock. After that, as of, as of right now, I mean, I haven't double checked the schedules, but um, I, I, you know, when I saw that that was going to be the uh, the schedule for that Tuesday, I, I threw those on my calendar because that's um, those are two really big games. I mean, I obviously, you know, one of them's an out of state game, but but those are the games that that, that BG. You know, we unfortunately didn't get them to see them play last year. Um, so getting to see a bunch of those this year, especially at Stellos, um, you know, that's a lot of fun. And then I think we're going to learn a lot about uh, London area. We're going to learn a lot about South from that game next Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, uh, South got off to a great start, 17 uh, nothing over Keene. Um, you know, obviously we knew, you know, the Johnson brothers, Ethan and Nett, you know, clearly had a shutout, had a great, had a great day there. Um, and showed that you know they've got they've got guys that can put the ball in the back of the net, so that will be interesting. You know, um, Keen is Keen is playing. They're playing up right now in Division One based on based on their um, co-op with with right, Madnock. Right. Um, you know, and we knew South. I mean, both you and I had South as sort of a, a 
probably probably a final four, in our opinion a final four team yeah not only based on the schedule that they're playing but but the talent that we saw them Absolutely. have in indoor this yep. year um so yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think uh that that that'll be a that's a great that's a great day of lacrosse yeah. right there yeah um you know another th one more thing to note about bg2 i think probably really good to see you know in the uh, in the box score is uh uh quinn Scipio getting in there getting four goals and an assist for bg uh and after missing all of last year with uh, with an injury took a really took a really uh you know smart proactive uh stand to hit to his rehab took took almost a full took the you know a lot of kid a lot of kids try and come back in six to eight months he did the full he did the full 12 they were they were very conservative and it seems to be paying off right now i know he's worked really hard in rehab uh so it is great it is great to see him back out there and having that success yeah um you know a lot of the games i don't know i don't know to me i I didn't see any of these D1 games in person on uh, on Monday. I did a couple of girls games. Um, but I feel like there was, um, you know, just looking at final scores, kind of one-sided games. But I guess that wasn't the case with all of them. Maybe some games getting away at the end. Uh, I think a very interesting one that kind of flew under the radar for a lot of people because if you just look at the box score, you had Exeter and Concord. Exeter, you know, kind of expected, again, to be, you know, fighting for one of those top four seeds, winning 16-6. to six. Uh, you know, from the, the sources that I had, it was a 7-6 game uh, with Exeter on top heading into the fourth. Uh, Coach Smith dialed up a, a really good defensive scheme. Uh, you know, could have continued to play that in the fourth quarter, but I think wanted to test his kids against a really good team, show them that, like, this is what it takes to play man-to-man -man defense, switched out, of, switched out of the zone defense that he was in. And, and at that point, Exeter kind of exploited that a little bit and was able to get out. Um, you know, and pull pull away, you know, in uh, in impressive fashion there, and, and finish off that game. But I, if I'm Coach Smith, I got to be really excited about the way my kids play and, and tough, physical, was able to hang in that game. Um, so, you know, Joe, I was a little bit, I I was I, Concord's one of those teams that sometimes you don't know a lot about the guys that they have. You had them as, as a, de a a definitive top eight team, maybe even top six team. I think maybe they're starting to prove you prove you correct. I will. Uh, I'll go as far and say this too. I had them in my poll uh, to start the season. Had them ninth in my top ten. So, kind of. Oh, you you haven't seen this for the last couple of years. I'm gonna pat myself on the back a little bit there. I, I do that and I, I do that when I'm alone too. So don't uh, you know. That sounded worse than it <laughs> meant it to be, but yeah, um, you know, just just given the number, like you said, that given the number of guys that they had returning, that experience, um, you know, I, I felt like they were going to be very senior heavy uh, yeah, team this yeah. year. Yeah, um, it doesn't get any easier for them uh, with Bishop Girton coming in on Thursday, um, but then they've got uh, the schedule kind of levels off a little bit there. They go to play Yarmouth uh, after that, then they've got Bedford and North at home. Uh, before South and Salem on the road, so I mean that's a, a that Bedford you know. game could be could be a huge game in yeah. terms of implication for playoffs down the road. That's going to be a big one for both teams. I think both of those teams are going to be fighting for that that top eight seed. And um, you know, traditionally you, you haven't wanted to been the eighth seed because that means usually you're playing Pinkerton or BG, and uh, that that could be on the line. I mean, I know it's it's crazy to say that this early in the season, but that will be that'll be a huge game to circle on the, on the schedule there. All the games count uh, in the standings the same. So, I think you know going back to what we talked about in the beginning there, I think that's what felt different yesterday too. Is yeah, the game like everybody wanted to win last right, year, right? But like with with the open playoffs and the random seating, there wasn't that 
impetus to win every game last year. And, and yesterday felt like there was a little added juice to it. In, in the you know in all the games that have been played so far, it felt like What's, there was that that pressure there. To, that's why I didn't include yeah. records in with my previews was because they, well, no, number one, it would have been a real pain to try to track them all down because I I certainly didn't save them anywhere, um, and there's certainly no standings anywhere because there were no standings. So, um, yeah, I, I didn't include them in the previews because of for that reason alone. Um, you know, before we move too far along though, I I'm over here patting myself on the back, but I gotta. I got to be fair in the other direction, too. Two teams that I had pegged as non-playoff teams uh, come out and get wins on te over teams that I thought were going to be playoff teams. So, of course, you got Bedford beating Salem 10-3 to and uh, and Sauhegan beating Merrimack 9-4 to uh, to open the season. So, you know, I, I'm not not on, on there or right on about everything. It, it's er, it's early, but those were two good wins for programs that uh, you know traditionally have had a lot of success and and uh, have a lot of pride and want to make the playoffs there, um, and that's a good sign. That's a good sign for Bedford. Uh, winning that game 10-2, offense seems to be coming alive at the right time. Uh, Derek Kaliza, I believe, had six goals for them. Uh, Toscano uh, showed up showed up big in that game, and and clearly their defense did as well. Um, so they, they've got some they've got a big test coming up. They've got Pinkerton, um, you know, sort of if there was a D1 game of the week, you know, I've, I've got Bedford versus Pinkerton on, on Thursday at 630. Um, I think I think that's going to be that'll be an interesting matchup there to see. Um, I know coming into the game, Pinkerton's been a little beat up during the preseason. Are those guys available to go? And, you know, where where is Bedford at? You know, is, can their can their defense continue to rise up? Does their offense take steps forward? Um, that'll that'll be an interesting one to watch there, and uh, we'll uh, give a little shout out to our, our friend Nick Anastas too, who's going to be over there uh, for Friday Night Lights. Uh, so if you uh, you can't make it over to Bedford tomorrow night or Thursday night, you want to watch that game, uh, he will be doing that on his. Uh, you can go to his YouTube page for Friday Night Lights and check out that that game. Of course, will be Thursday Night Lights, but not, not to confuse anybody, but. Uh, yeah, go and if you're not at the game, maybe check that out. And I'm telling eat. you right now, it's you know, we, uh, Joe. I think you do a tremendous job, and, and I, I enjoy the show that we do. <laughs> but uh, for anyone that's watched any of their broadcasts, I'm telling you, it's they're, better than the Big Ten Network. They're tremendous. It, yeah, it, it, yeah. They, they do an incredible job. Like some of the some of the college feeds that you have to pay for, they it, should be they should be yeah. bringing these oh, guys yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. So. Nick, Nick does a great job. I mean, we're we're different formats. We can you can you can say that they're there. You go. <laughs> Um, any other uh, D1 uh, thoughts? D1, you know, I I, uh, I got to give a shout out to uh, to Coach Liam Murphy and his squad out there. Yeah. You know, um, he's got a young group. He's got a group that he's high on for the next couple of years. Doesn't have a doesn't have a lot of seniors. They go in and, and get a nice win, 10-4 over over Nashua North. Um, good to see the uh, the camaraderie and chemistry that he's building with his kids. Um, and that's a good sign for them, as they, you know, they they could they could be fighting for one of the you know the last playoff spots there. Right. We actually made a mistake in our preview, didn't we, Joe? We said eight teams get into the playoffs, and it's you know, actually I think nine. It's, nine. it's yeah. actually nine I think teams. We, I, we, I think we did one. say that, yeah. So, um, and I uh, want to throw a score at you uh, before we move on. Actually, I guess this is a good transition because it's a, a D one D two matchup here where we got a final score from uh, Salem and uh, Manchester United. Uh, Salem with a 12-4 win this after this afternoon evening uh, over uh, I don't know are they the the Crusaders Little Green Little Green Crusade I like the Little Green Crusaders How the about Little that? Green Crusaders I like that um, but yeah they played uh, played uh, late uh, Wednesday so that's uh, a 
big win for Salem, just just to get that win. That um, is good. That is a good win for them. Yeah. Um, you know, as as we transition into into Division Two, um, even though the Crusaders lost today, got to give them a huge shout out. I mean, they they beat eight, eight seven eight seven win over Hanover the other day. Uh, for Coach Jordan, that's that's a great win for that program. They were, I, I believe, they knocked off Hanover last year as well. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, and at least one of the two matchups they played, I think it was at uh, Manchester last year. I think they split the two games. Um, but you know, a great great win for them. I mean, Hanover Hanover's a, a traditional powerhouse to come down to Division Two. Coach Gardner does a great job with that program, and um, you know I just I think it speaks to Jordan and all the work that he's put into getting. You came to some of their practices this spring, right? Went, in the went previews. to yeah the practice. Yeah, great and then, numbers. Uh, the jamboree they had. Um, jamboree went great, really was, well. Yeah, it was a yeah. really nice afternoon. Um, what I really liked about that, I didn't see all of them, but the skills competitions uh, for that, I got the one the one v one is actually up on my YouTube page. If you want to see video from that, uh, it was a lot of fun see, watching that, seeing the kids come out and kind of stand on either side and cheer their teammates on. And it got me thinking, I was like, I would love to see, like, a, like expand this a little more. Let's get, like, a big skills competition going on, almost like an all-star kind of thing. So, maybe I don't know, maybe, maybe that's Had a little our, basketball feel yeah, to it, didn't yeah, exactly. it? You know, like the yeah. three-point contests, dunk contests, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's kind of a neat, it's kind of a neat format to bring to lacrosse. It, and, it took uh, me a while to figure out what was going on, though, because it was, <laughs> it was best of three. But if someone won 2-0... They were still letting them do the third. The third, yeah, yeah, give them yeah. another, give them give another, another run shot, at it. yeah. Um, so I was good. I was it took me. It took me a couple rounds to figure that out. Um, you know, I'm not, it, 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 it happens sometimes. You know, I move a little slow. Um, you know, they. Speaking of Manchester, um, you know, a great early schedule for them. I think just to get some experience against some tougher teams. They got Timberlane on fri at home again on Friday night. Uh, and then the following Tuesday, they go to Conval, and then they're at Nashua South. Uh, so a nice um, nice challenging stretch for them to open the season. Um, I'll be interested to see what they do on that Conval game. That was another team that I kind of thought was uh, – potential to be a, a bit of a dark horse this year Conval showed Conval showed uh, a lot of potential the other day opened up with a uh, 7-2 loss to Timberlane uh, we knew goaltending was going to be was going to be strong for them uh, we knew about Ronan McNamara in terms of you know what, what a great player he is and, and multifaceted and can play different positions on the field um you know, and I think for, for Man U, they might be catching Timberlane right at the right time. I mean, Timberlane, they, they've had two games in a row here. They played Conval. They took care of business against Alburn. Um, they get a day off, and now they're, now they're heading to their third game in, in four days. Um, so it could be, could be a good time to kind of, you know, test themselves and, and catch Timberlane have, having, having played, you know, three games in four days. Yeah, yeah. And then they play Saturday, too. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, rough for first week for the Owls there. Um, well, I, I don't think. Uh, I mean, we can't go too far along with the Division Two talk uh, without mentioning uh, Derryfield's nine-six win over Winnicott, uh on Tuesday. Um, a game that you and I were both at. Surprising, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, in different capacities. Uh, but I mean, it was. Um, you know, we we talked a little bit after the game and then today about the feel of it. And um, you kind of thought it was a little like that Goffstown game from a couple of years ago where it snowed around, started snowing around halftime. And it, it looked like, you know, November on the field rather than, than Mar or April, excuse me. 
Um, but it was kind of similar. You know, I, had I don't a, think it, that game. I didn't feel like it was in doubt. But you got. But this one was similar. You got up early, and then when it kind of made quite a comeback in the second half. Yeah, and, and the reason I say that it was similar is, um, you know, again, I told my kids at halftime that the game was far from being over. I, kn I know Winnicunit, they have a lot of multi-sport athletes. Uh, you know, they they've they play with a lot of pride. They've won championships in other sports, and so they're competitors. They're, they were going to compete, and they were going to come back. And, um, you know, it was similar in my mind to 20, 2019 when we played Goffstown, had that big lead at halftime, Goffstown comes back because we made we, we made mental errors we were a little bit sloppy early season um and so those are this was a great game in the fact that i think for both winnicott and Dairyfield, they're going to be able to look at things and take a lot of learning lessons away from it um you know obviously thrilled for my kids that we we're able to come out on top we talked a little bit about being in pressure situations uh having to perform under pressure just feeling that momentum swing the other way and then having to how do you stop that right how do you get back on track and they were able to do that yesterday so really really proud of my kids um again still a young team and um so it was it was a great great first game for us to open up with that yeah you could definitely feel that momentum swing on, i mean on the sidelines it's a um, tangible thing joe it's, it's, it's it is. so it weird really for is. people who don't play sports it's hard to describe but as a coach and a player and apparently even as a reporter it, it's almost like it's in the air. Like you can definitely, you can feel it. I think most fans would would agree with that too. Is it just there's just something, something different going on, and you almost this this might come out wrong, but I'm gonna try it anyways. Um, it almost you, you sometimes forget that there's two teams on the field, kind of thing. Like it was just rolling when it kind of its way so much. Maybe it was because I was on the end on their your defensive end of the field. That it just felt the, like the ball was just coming this way and coming this every single. I mean, I think you guys were winning faceoffs, but then not possessing. Then just not yeah. possessing, or or we would you know we would turn something over um, and and not make a good decision. So again, learning lessons there. But I, I remember turning to my coach. We were up by two, and and again you could feel the momentum just still going the other way. We got we got a man up, and I said we got to score right now. If we don't score on this, it it could be trouble. And the kids executed really well, and that's what I mean. Like I, th I think it was a great opportunity for them to feel a little bit of pressure and have have that momentum rolling in the wrong direction and have to execute under that under those circumstances. And they did. And um, you know, again, really proud of our goaltending. Uh, our faceoff guy took a big step, and we had a lot of young kids. We had a lot of young kids playing that that learned some valuable lessons. So. Um, maybe it would have been easier to play, uh, you know, not not a rival in, in an easier game, but I think it was good for both teams. You know, and, it, and it's funny, you don't often hear similar things from the from coaches after a game. You know, there's a winner and there's a loser, and it's not always. And I think a lot of what you were saying, I think Pat Snow would also say about his group, was that they were, you know, in different areas, they were younger, they had to learn how to do these kind of things. Being down 7-1 at halftime, not what they expected. They figured out a way to come back and now they have kind of some tangible evidence to to look at and say this is what we need to improve on and he, he joked afterwards that they were going to spend a lot of time shooting on the goal <laughs> um, a lot of shots in that game and, and not a lot on on net so one thing that I'm sure he's probably uh, already pointed out to them uh, at this point and we're going to spend a lot of time on better angles so that we don't give up <laughs> shots like that so yeah, things. Both teams. Both teams took away some good things from that. Um, you know, for me, uh, you know, I also took note of uh, out on the seacoast, uh, St. Thomas. Uh, Coach Scott Singer and his opening opening stands out there. 
Got a nice 9-4 win over Oyster River. Um, you know, Ruppy Haley runs a great program out there. Wasn't a shock to me to see that it was tied 3-3 going into halftime. Both teams uh, playing good D. They both got good goaltending. Um, and again, two teams that I think offensively are going to get better and better as the season goes along as they, they kind of find their identities. Um, but Coach Singer getting his first first win in the in the NHIA. Um, and two teams that I think will be right in the mix, and two teams that you're not going to want to see come playoff time. Yeah. I think they're going to be. Da- I think both teams are going to be dangerous. Yeah, I think um, a big, um, you know, the the Oyster River was able to hold them to nine goals. Obviously, uh, you know, Finn Mason had a a stellar year last year in goal. Um, so going to be. I mean, he's going to have to have a huge year for Oyster River uh, if they they're going to go where they want to go. Um, so not, not really surprising. I mean, uh, not really surprising to see that only giving up nine goals in that game. Yeah, good. I, I mean, good for both. I mean, STA last year, uh, you know, consistently was giving up double-digit goals yeah. in that game. So for them for them to hold, in fact, I think in both the games they played against Oyster River last year, they were high-scoring. Both teams were in the teens last year in both those games. So uh, obviously, you know, a big turnaround for both defenses this year. And, uh, again, like I said, I think it's two teams that, you you know, nobody's really going to want to see. Like, if you draw them in a quarterfinal game, you're not feeling real confident about, uh, about you know, being a, right. Right, being a blowout yeah. at that point. Uh, you know, um, you talk about opening the year with a, with, with a winner kind of team that's kind of become a rival in, in some ways over the last couple of years. How about uh, Kingswood and Kennett having to open the season against each other? Uh, you know, in Kingswood, who's a, uh, a they go head to head. They they went at least twice, if not three times. I think they last played year. four times last year. Four times. Four times, if yeah. I if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um. So you know, to to open the gates again this year with them, and then Kingswood being a twelve six team, twelve six final. Kingswood going over and playing on the grass at Kennett. Um, that's, I got the impression that it was pretty physical. Yeah, it was oh, a physical I would game. That. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So that's um that's one to kind of mark down. Even though I'm in Kennett. Maybe not quite as strong a team, but you know, still that's always a tough, tough way to open the season against your rival at their home. And then Kingswood turns around on Friday and hosts uh, Wyndham in what should be a pretty that, good game. So there's two games on Friday that I'm looking forward to that that are going to tell us a lot about the D2 landscape. That game, Kingswood and Wyndham, and then uh, I in me, you know, circled for me is Portsmouth and Hollis, 6:30 on Friday at at the Clipper. At the at the at the dock, <laughs> you get a, you got under the lights there. Does it have a name? I think their um, field has a name. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but I think their field has a name. It's the port. It's the port. Sure, they're coming in <laughs> <laughs> under the light in the lights. Um, you know, I think that's that's going to be great. You've got uh, you got Justin Colby facing off. Um, you got Nick Smith facing off. So I'm interested. I'm interested to see who wins the possession battle there. Um, you got two uh, really good offenses. Um, you got two defenses that are really strong, um, so that that one's going to tell me a lot about you know is is Hollis for real? Uh, does Portsmouth is Portsmouth you know the the team that we think they are? And then uh, you know where where does where does Kingswood stack up? Wyndham had a Wyndham had a big statement statement win going 14, 14 to one over over Bo, um, you know on the road. I that's there, there's some good teams in Division Two right now. It's it's. We thought it was going to be a wide open race coming in, and it, it looks that way right now. Well, you, you talk about the um, that game with Hollis going to Portsmouth. I mean, their their road over the next couple of games 
at Portsmouth Friday, at Sauhegan Monday, Wyndham, St. Thomas, and then at Bedford, and then against Merrimack. That's so that's, that's a, a solid that's a solid schedule right I there. I mean, that's the rest of their April. Uh, <laughs> Stay healthy. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and I think they were a little banged up already um, coming into that game. They had a nice win against Goffstown, though. Uh, 12-5 was the final, but they were up, uh, I want to say, 11-2 with, like, five or six minutes left in that game. That'll be a big stretch for Hollis, not only in terms of like uh, you know obviously staying healthy and wins and losses and things like that, but if they're able to if they're able to run the table and beat Bedford, you said uh, Bedford, Sauhegan, and Merrimack, they'll get uh, they'll get extra points for that too. That can be huge. That'll be huge in the standings um, for them right there. So, any other uh, D two thoughts? Before we uh, move on, no, I think I mean I think those are the, those are the big ones that we highlighted there. I mean Portsmouth came out and and uh, got a 17-1 victory over Merrimack Valley. Um, you know Merrimack Valley, um, you know traditionally starts off a little bit slow because it's it's a little bit difficult for them to get on their fields. Right, right. They're in they're in their uh, gym a lot, you know, and so that's a team that'll get better as the season goes on. But Portsmouth went out and did what we expected them to do and uh, took care of business and had a had a really nice victory there. Um, you know, in, in Timberlane, in terms of, you know, playing teams that we expected to be really, really good, uh, no, not necessarily, but they're playing a lot of games, right? They're getting, they're testing themselves. They're testing their legs. They're getting opportunities to, uh, see what guys can do. And, uh, so I, th I think coach Blask is trying to build some depth there. Um, cause he knows he's going to, he, he knows it's a, it's a meat grinder league this year and, and he proved it last year. He was a 500 team for most of the season, and then peaked at the right yeah, time and yeah. got his kids playing well and made a run to the finals. And so he's got he knows the winning formula. Uh, also, want to mention too, uh, Cole Brown getting uh, 18 goals and a win over Spalding. Uh, that's that was a big one there. Team returning a lot of kids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, David Lee, big point scorer for them. Goaltending uh, was going to be strong. Aaron, Aaron Bono with a big game, four goals in that one. Connor Joy a goal and five assists. So yeah, they um, so well ba well balanced team, them. a team that uh, a team that's going to test a lot of you know they, they they put it in their they put it in their preview in the in the Concord Monitor. They're they're, they're going to test the Blue Bloods this year. They're going to give them a run, and um, you know they're they're coming out of the gates, proving it right away. So uh, I think if we look at Division Three, um, you know. A bunch of games being played, everybody, but uh, I think, actually, no, everybody's gotten a game in. Or excuse me, Plymouth, the only team that hasn't gotten a game in, but they probably played. Probably the biggest, the biggest game, of, game the of the week. Yeah, um, Thursday. One that you're traveling to, right? I, yep, I'm going to hit the road. Um, you know, I may not uh, I may not eat for a couple of days just so that I can pay for the gas, but uh, I am going to trek up to Laconia, uh, watch them host Plymouth on Thursday afternoon. Um I'm I'm really excited to see what that game looks like. Four o'clock on the turf. Two teams that um, we expect to be Final Four teams. I think. I think so. I mean, based on the preview and and what we saw, both of those teams, what we know about both of those teams, um, you know, I, I give Laconia a little bit of the leg up in that game, having a tune-up opportunity against Milford, um, and being at home on turf. Um, you know, I, I'm expecting Laconia to come out on top in that game, but would it shock me if it was close or if Plymouth knocked him off? No, because I, I, everything we've read 
as long as long as Plymouth has the players we think we have playing for them this season, uh, as long as the Marco brothers are, yeah. are playing, then uh, I think they'll be in that game and should be a lot of fun. Um, any other any other results from uh, Division Three this week stand out to you? Yeah, I mean uh, the one that caught my eye was uh, was Trinity uh, gritting out a six five win over Lebanon. Lebanon was a team that you know you would you would kind of circled and, and talked about a lot in the preview last week in terms of what they were bringing back. Uh, a few other guys that you know kind of got all state recognition last year and were maybe ready to take that jump this season. So um, you know I think that's a, that's a really good sign for Lebanon. Um, and a good quality win for Coach Martinez and the, and the Trinity boys uh, to start the season too. Then uh, what are we, we, we? The other thing we we both kind of thought was interesting was just these back to back games. Feels like everybody yeah. is playing. Game, I don't know if it's a rush to get in games just because of field conditions or. I, I don't know. It just it feels like there's been a lot of teams playing yeah, a lot of it, games already. It, so what what Joe's alluding to is there's a, there's a lot of games in Division three teams that played on Tuesday that then turn around and played on Wednesday as well. Um, you know Pelham being one of those teams suffers a setback at Hopkinson. Hopkinson, you know, a team that we circled that was maybe in that discussion as a Final Four team, maybe just outside the Final Four. Well, they came out they came out fire and they were they were tied three three in the first first couple minutes. Uh, and then and then go on to uh, to win 15-4 over Pelham <laughs> in a game with 23 minutes of penalties. Joe, half the game was dealt in penalties, craziness. But but Hopkinson, uh, you know, plays good lacrosse and and is able to overcome some of those things and uh, pulls away there. And then but then Pelham turns around today and gets their first victory of the season over Bishop Brady. Um, and that looked like it was. Uh, I mean, early on it looked like that was going to be a Pelham blowout, and then Brady came back made it interesting going into the fourth quarter and Pelham was finally able to pull away. Um, you know, two, two teams though, that I think we're, we're both cautiously optimistic about. We, we, you know, young, you know, some, some new, you get the new coaches at Pelham, younger players at Brady, you know, how's it going to, if each program, how is everything going to kind of come together? I'm telling you right now, Pelham, we had a joint practice with them last week and they have talent on that team. They have athletes, they have talent. Uh, this is this is a, a you know a public service announcement to the Pelham kids if they're listening. Listen to your coaches, Coach Costa, <laughs> Coach Johnson, both Coach Johnsons. They know what they're talking about. They've played at high levels. If you stay out of the penalty box, you will do good things this season. And I, they started to prove it today against Brady. And you know you heard me in the preview. I'm I'm very high on what Coach Lamparelli is, is doing with his squad out there. Um, you know I think they. Two teams that are that are fighting for fighting for playoff uh, contention. Um, yeah, I'm no, I, I certainly am no expert or superstar, uh, but I'm gonna guess it's tough to score goals in a penalty box. Any team, if any team that gets 23 <laughs> minutes of penalties, that is uh, that is not a recipe for for a lot of success. So they turned that around today. They, I think I, I think I had Coach Costa tell me they only had two minutes of penalties today. So that's a, that is a step a, in the right yes. direction, that's a big and step. and it leads to wins. They yeah, got a win today. That? So um, you know the other thing that stood out to me is uh, you know we 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 tab Coach Knight and and the Campbell Cougars as the team to beat in Division Three. And uh, they are not disappointing so far. They they put up 19 goals against Brady and 20 against Stevens, and they've given up six on the season. So, uh, you know, if they're trying to hide that bullseye on their back, they're not doing a great job right now. 
Sorry, I get distracted a little bit there by the bell for the Kino winner. I don't know if anybody could hear that. That wasn't you, was it, Coach? Uh, I'll have to check my ticket afterwards. I don't think it was me. Certainly I don't have that kind of luck, but uh, I'll check have, my ticket. Don't have that happening on the uh, the remote podcasts. <laughs> um, could be worse. We could be in the other room. Trivia is going on in the other room right now. It was, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, I want to mention, too, before we go, obviously the uh, we're once again doing a top ten poll, coaches poll. Um, Some really interesting results yes, this week. I think yeah. one of the more widely varying polls we've had in a long time. A lot, um, of, a lot of others receiving votes. I checked um, with last year, and they're the same number of teams, but last year I think that was to be expected after no one playing for a year. Um, so, yeah, very interesting. We'll give it a quick, quick rundown. Yeah, of course, it had BG at number one getting all uh, all the first-place votes. I think that was probably a good pick Ex- by most yeah, coaches. Expected, yeah, expected, uh, yeah. You had Pinkerton and Exeter coming in at tied for number two. Which I think I think before we it's really get to see both teams play and know how healthy they are, I think yeah, that's about where that's, they belong. That sounds about right. Portsmouth four, uh, Dairyfield rounding out the top five. Nashua South six, London area. So that's where that's where I think you and I, uh, you know, disagree a little bit with the coaches. I, I had South. I had South. I had higher. South at four. Yep, same here. Um, London area was seven. Timberlane eight. Uh, Concord nine and Bedford ten. So uh, you know what? The, the coaches agreed with me. Uh, I had Concord nine as well, uh, and they ended up ninth. So I, you know, I, it's not just uh, I got to pat everybody on the back for that one. I'm not going to say who, but I had some D2 love there, some teams on the outside looking in that I had in my poll from there that yeah. I, think, I think are, you know, based on scores that, that came in are, uh, you know, potentially proven, proven me right as well. But, I, um, you know, I, I think this is going to be one of the harder polls for coaches, at least early in this season, because there are so many teams that are, that are in that mix. I would, I would say, to me, I think at least the top three, if not the top four, are pretty clear cut. And then, and then after that, I think there's a lot of teams that you could argue could be anywhere from five to fifteen in that mix. And on any given on any even given day, based on injuries, based on personnel available, uh, knock on wood that that COVID doesn't doesn't interrupt things here. Um, so there's there's a lot of parity yeah, this year. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll I'll run down my poll real debate, quick. Though. Yeah, Fun absolutely. Yeah, run down mine real quick. Uh, BG, I had BG one, Pinkerton two, Exeter three, as we said, South four, and then I had Dairyfield five, Portsmouth six, Londonderry seven, Thanks, Timberlane Joe. eight. You're welcome. <laughs> Concord nine, and then Campbell I put at uh, in my last spot there, number ten. I, again, you know, I I think uh, I think it'll make for some really interesting debates as the season goes along. There are some good crossovers. Uh, this year too so I think that'll help uh, give coaches a little bit more of an indication because normally we don't have that much more we don't have that much crossover but we got a lot of D2 and D3 teams playing a lot of D1 and D2 teams playing so yeah there'll be some comparable scores to look at this year yeah Uh, you know what let's um, I'm gonna give a rundown real quick or at least for the the early part of next week where I'm looking at going Uh, you know I've got uh, Monday I've got Keir Sargent Campbell on my schedule Uh, as we mentioned that Tuesday Double header over at Stellos. Thursday, I got an interesting D2 girls game coming up. Hanover and Wyndham will be at that. And then uh, Friday is still a little up in the air, but the one that one game that I'm definitely going to keep an eye on, uh, try to head over to, is a uh, 7 o'clock Friday night start over at Hollis. St. Thomas, Hollis, Brookline. Uh, you know, I think that'll be pretty fun, especially under the lights on a Friday night. Of course, it is the Friday night before vacation week, so we'll see. 
but based off the crowd that was there Tuesday for for that that game, um, I'm pretty excited to see that. Hollis being able to use their lights at home is huge. That was a that was a huge uh, hang up. Just getting a turf field for the longest time was it was a huge hang up, and yeah. so um, that'll be fun. They they seem to be embracing the uh, the Portsmouth model of uh, you know really utilizing and, and making it a, a fun community event. Uh, for those that don't know, Portsmouth traditionally has all of their varsity games at 6.30 as well. Any, uh, any final thoughts this week before we, uh, we, we start to wrap it up? No, Joe, I just told you it was great to be back to out on there in the field. Like I said, uh, you know, last year was fun to be able to play, but this year felt like we were truly back. And hopefully we stay that way. We did what we needed to do to keep people safe, and uh, it just felt great to be back out there yesterday. Yeah, it's – yeah been waiting for this week for uh, for quite some time and it feels good especially with some nice weather um finally coming creeping through of course that means uh the allergies are back a little bit earlier we're going to play that game for the next couple of weeks i suppose that'll be fun um but um yeah real feels really good to be back feels good to be back in, in doing this face to face uh that's uh that's fun too although i feel like we 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 maybe went a little faster than we normally <laughs> there than we do on the on the phone so uh, I don't. We'll, we'll uh, hopefully the kinks weren't too bad uh, today. We'll we'll work those out uh, as we move along. Start to move back. In, we'll start to bring back some of the college roundups. Uh, you know, I think I I don't know about you, but I'd like to I'd like to start getting yeah. weekly uh, coaches back in our mix too, and getting can, you know yeah, I thought it was yeah. fun fun to get some interviews before. Um, you know, I don't know if we can do a backyard brewery uh, player of the week, but we can. Uh, <laughs> but but we'll, we can do some fun stuff. We'll figure something out. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, he is uh, Dairy Field Boys Lacrosse Coach Chris Hetler. Chris, thanks again for joining me. Joe, looking forward to next week already. All right. I am Joe Marcellino, and we'll talk to you next week.